Question, are Delaware's finances really as great as we're being told? Probably not. Caesar Rodney Institute's uh, Charlie Copeland reports. And uh, by the way, I also want you to be listening next week to learn if the head of state finance accepts my invitation to, uh, to address this. I emailed yesterday. Charlie, good to see you. Rick, thanks for having me. So you heard the good opening. Good morning, oh, wait, flower market. Hold on, listeners. Market is now open. Have a beautiful, sunny day. Thank you. That was my idea to have this right underneath <laughs> the speaker. The speaker for when they make announcements. <laughs> you like that? That's awesome. Ambience, man. Ambi <laughs> that was my idea. That's <laughs> why I'm no longer in management, I suppose. All right, so, uh, so anyway, you're at the Caesar Rodney Institute. And in my opening, I, uh, I mentioned how many miles I am broadcasting from the square formerly known as Rodney. So, Rodney, Caesar Rodney statue is likely never going to be returned to the square formerly known as Rodney ever again. All right? So, I'm curious. Caesar Rodney Institute. I mean, here is the man who enabled our country to become a country. His vote did it. Now... Is there any thought about uh, your organization uh, going to the, going to the mayor and saying, "Hey, we know the statue of Caesar Rodney is in a uh, it's in a warehouse in New Jersey." Oh, by the way, how awkward is that? Our Caesar Rodney is shoved away in some shadowy corner in a warehouse in New Jersey. In Jersey? Oh yeah, what exit? Yeah, what exit? Um, I'm thinking, would you guys buy it? Uh, that's above my pay grade. Uh, but what I what I can say is is uh, you know uh, it's very sad that that the center of Wilmington is now known as Plinth Square. Plinth Square. <laughs> Plinth for those people that don't know is uh, is the base of a statue. That's the yes. thing that a statue stands on. So that's all that's left in in, in Rodney Square is a Plinth. Plinth. So it's Plinth Square. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. And I thought we could have Aubrey uh, Plaza Plaza, but we already have that. If you go to Google Maps. And you look for, uh, just search Aubrey Plaza Plaza. It's where the Statue of Columbus used, used to, to be. be. <laughs> yeah. Which I'm thinking, I'm thinking if they really want to be historically accurate, they should move that statue down to the Sandals Resort in the Bahamas. <laughs> because that's what, that's what he discovered. He discovered sandals. He, he did. Yeah. He did. And, <laughs> no. and, and people have been enjoying themselves there in, in bizarre ways ever since. <laughs> ever since. Uh, I, I'll have you know, I've reached out to the uh, the mayor of Dover, uh, Mayor Christensen, and uh, I don't know if he's wisely not getting back to me or he's just cautiously not getting back to me because I'm thinking Caesar Rodney was a Kent County guy. He was. When when he was, uh, he was a judge, he held uh, a couple of different row house positions, he, and uh, when he was the, the governor, you know, the lower counties and all that. Um, he lived in Kent County. He did. So maybe it does make more sense for Cesar Rodney's statue to be in Kent County. Uh, you know, I, I think burying the history of the United States because of, uh, you know, and, and let, let, you know, obviously we want to get out on the, on the table that slavery was a, a historic wrong. Uh, Jim Crow was an historic wrong. And, uh, you know, I was born in 1963. Mm -hmm. uh, and certainly by the time I was seven, say 1970, uh, affirmative action plans and, and all sorts of things were put in place at the governmental level yeah, to try to be restorative. Yeah. And, and, and many of them have largely failed. Uh, 
Mm-hmm. Uh, if you look at our education system, our public education system, uh, if you want to look at systemic racism, look at the schools in the city of Wilmington and the results that they're getting out for those children that are the most at risk. So uh, I think if we really wanted to have an honest conversation about how do you fundamentally address and not go back 200 years to uh, a, a gentleman and an individual who you know, was a man of his time but was a progressive thinker, right? I mean, this is a guy that said, we're going to throw out the Brits and we're going to have a country that's you know, formulated around uh, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. He also authored a, a bill to, to ban the importing of slaves in this country. Yeah. Now... You're right. It, it is bizarre because um, our own Democratic Senator Tom Carper created what they call the Delaware National Park, which is like a jigsaw pis, uh, puzzle missing 95% of its pieces. It, it just nothing connects. So you got, you got a lovely little lawn. They might be cutting it this weekend in Dover. And, and the it, land up here was purchased by private dollars and given to the government. So yeah, you recognize yeah. that, that, that this good senator loves to take credit for lots of things, but if it weren't for money that was made through capitalism mm-hmm. uh, we wouldn't have it well said but and, and in part of this though he also uh, uh, declared the uh, Dickinson plantation as part of the national parks but nobody went and torched the plantation <laughs> and that seems to be accepted even though Dickinson owned slaves now people will say if they've read the history and they'll say it accurate accurately he did something unusual why uh, Dickinson actually freed slaves from his property while he was alive yep. And for those of you who read deeper into history, you also learn that he said you are free, but you have to see, keep working here for 21 more years. <laughs> so uh, there you go. And that's Carper's idea of, uh, I don't know. I don't know why. It's, it's just uh, it's, it's just hypocrisy. Well, and, and, and we still have a Cesar Rodney school district. So uh, obviously we, we pick and choose when we want to pay attention to, quote, unquote, darker side of some individual's personal history mm-hmm. uh, and the country's history. And again, I, I, you know, I, I don't think there is, uh, th- there is a, <laughs> out of 330-something million Americans, it is an, an excruciatingly small number of people who have any sort of positive reflection on the, 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 you know, the racial evil, history. Yeah, the yeah, evil yeah. of, of so, slavery. I mean, yes, yeah. thank God. I know. So, you know, we're kind of doubling down on what We'll just change Already it to well, Charlie Copeland will take your leadership and uh, rename it the Plinth School Plinth District. Square and the Plinth School District. There you go. <laughs> so Charlie Copeland now running on econ- uh, economics and uh, government spending for the Cesar Rodney Institute. And nice to have watchdogs like you guys around. Um, you quoted an Elvis Costello song. Well, well done, my friend. You <laughs> know, you. Accidents will happen. We only hit and run. I don't want to hear it because I know what I've done. Um, and that leads into how we accidentally have a halfway decent budget in the state. Go ahead. Yeah, so uh, in, in earlier this year, um, the finance secretary, Rick Geisenberger, who um, I've known for years and is a good guy, uh, he wrote an article uh, in, in the state chamber's magazine. And, and in that article, he, he wrote, uh, the state's fiscal condition is arguably in its best shape in decades, a far cry from the $400 million budget deficit facing Delaware when Governor Carney took office in 2017. Uh, and that is a true statement, yeah. although it's a nice thwap at, uh, at now the Italian uh, ambassador, the ambassador to Italy, J- uh, Jack uh, Markell, because Jack Markell was the uh, one that left them the $400 million deficit. So, uh, well, but, but remember, Jack Markell also fixed this problem by raising ta- taxes on what he called wealthy people, you know, rich people. And let me, let me ask you this. Uh, Jack Markell's definition of wealthy, rich people, have an annual income of how much? Oh, yeah. 
$65,000 a year. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Good fix. So, so anyway, he, he, he writes this, that, that the state's fiscal condition is arguably in its de- best shape in decades. Yeah. And that is a true statement. It is. Up until even including the point that when John Carney took office, Jack Markell had left him $400 million deficit. Yep. Now, uh, his next sentence is, it's no accident. That sentence is false. It is completely an accident. However, there are those, Charlie, who will say that it was not an accident. That, in, go- in fact, the government created this COVID crisis <laughs> in order to spill money around, and it was done on purpose. So are you saying now that Rick Geisenberger is saying that COVID was on purpose and it was a government scam? No, I'm not saying that in the least. <laughs> I didn't think so. <laughs> I, I think we all know, uh, at least any of us that, that understand science and can yeah. look at the facts that, that COVID came out of a lab in, in Wuhan, China. Uh, I don't believe that the Chinese were necessarily purposely releasing a virus upon civilization. Right. But, uh, but um, you know, rule number one is never trust a communist. And rule number two is when all else fails, go back to rule number one. And uh, when you trust the communists to do something that is highly technical and highly difficult, uh, it, it will ultimately fail and fail much faster than in a uh, democratic capitalist system like the United States. Dr. Dana Chang was on my program a good half dozen times in 2020. She grew up in Wuhan, and she was one of the founders of the Epoch Times. And in her, her heavy accent, she would tell us on the phone from the very beginning, in February, in February, that this came from a lab, there have been many, many other leaks because they are not as fastidious with their cleanliness and hygiene in these labs as we are in America or even in Canada. I don't know why I said even, even in Canada. Even in Canada. <laughs> or oh, I'll just, let's Canada. just say Canada. Yeah, or Canada, yeah. So, and, and they know it, but, okay, so we're going to say it's an accident. But our fiscal success by accident? Yes, because... Uh, with uh, COVID, the federal government, under both the Trump and Biden administrations, went on a, a, a fiscal bender. Six trillion. Throwing money out the door that they did not and still do not have, which is why the federal debt, not the deficit, which is an annual number, the federal debt is $30 trillion. Actually, it's like 32 and a half now. Because the speed with which it's growing it's is insane. Is, <laughs> yes. Geometric. Yes. So, so anyway, so... The federal government dropped into the state well over a billion dollars. Probably when all said and done, a billion and a half, maybe a little bit more. It's hard to say sometimes because money comes in various... You know, I was trying to track this just in the county, Charlie Copeland, and it looks like with the ARPA money and the CARES Act, it was about $340 million, million, but it might have been more. Yeah, yeah. So all that money came in, and and you can say, well, Charlie, what's what's your evidence for this? Well, so you can go, and, and, and I give the state props for, for having their finance numbers that go back several decades online, mm-hmm. and you can go find the cash position in the state of the Department of Finances, where Secretary Geisenberger uh, is, the, is the secretary, mm-hmm. uh, and you can find the, 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 the cash position in the state on a monthly basis. And they, they issue this report actually to the, to the General Assembly every month, too. Not, not that any of them read it, but they, they do issue it. <laughs> uh, and so I went back and I said, looked at the year-end Fiscal year-end cash position of the state, yeah. going back to when Ruth Ann Minner took office in 2001. And, and an interesting uh, 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 pattern uh, came out, and the pattern was that a governor comes into office, and they, within, it, within either days or months, wind up with a fiscal problem. In other words, they've got a deficit, so they raise taxes. 
And the, the finance people are smart enough to say, okay, on an annual basis, we spend this kind of money. We're going to look at this kind of growth rate. So if we raise taxes this amount. Uh, we can ride this pony until we get out of office. Mm -hmm. Until and we get then, out of office. And then the next guy comes in. Yeah. And in the case of Jack Markell back in 2009, he faced a $400 million deficit, did the exact same thing, but he got a little bit sidewise because uh, of the, uh, the, the Great Recession. And it was great. It was such a great recession. Jeez, <laughs> can't we come up with better naming than that? Right. We got all the market yeah. people. Anyway, so he had to raise taxes a second time. He had to do another bite at the apple. Uh, but th that got him through to where he got out. And yeah. John Carney came in, and he had a $400 million deficit. And by the way, on an inflation-adjusted basis, his $400 million deficit was not as bad as Jack Markell's $400 million deficit. No, it was probably deficit. like a 340 Yeah, exactly. $45 billion. And, and so he did the same thing. Right? Yeah. And you see the pattern start. Money's coming in because, you know, at the beginning, the taxes are, and, and, and then the spending starts to catch up to it. And it started to bend back down, mm -hmm. and COVID came. And... Trump and those guys threw him a bunch of money. Then Biden and those guys threw him a bunch of money. And you see the year in cash position just go through the roof uh, to, to, you know, well over, you know, one and a half, somewhere around one and a half billion dollars. Right. And so he broke that, that, that pattern, not because of anything he did, but because his pattern was on the same trajectory. It was because that money came in uh, from the federal government. So don't believe the numbers believe the story behind the numbers what actually really happened to get us into this position and what happened is people all the way from Ottumwa, Iowa to Glendale California chipped in to make sure that we were flush Here, here's my question I asked this of uh, Matt Meyer of whom I believe is going to run for governor I don't think he's officially announced yet but you know he and Bethany Hall Long I believe that those two are certainly gonna run for governor and I asked him about you know the billion dollar surplus we had in the state and I asked if you're governor would you give that back to the people he said sure and I said, good, because those are checks of $1,666 for taxpayers each. Uh, he said, oh, I don't know if i do it that way. Well, well you know, it, but the $300 uh, checks are fine, which is insane to me because for those of you listening, if you pay taxes, that's your money. You should have gotten the 1600 bucks. Well, uh, so Nicole Poor has a plan to give some of that money back. Uh, Doesn't and, she also have a job that's paid for by, by tax dollars? Well, so her, she has a bill in that yeah. will give a tax credit, I believe, mm -hmm. to every uh, dollar paid by union members for their union dues. Right. So every taxpayer in Delaware will be paying other Delawareans uh, union dues I, under I, Nicole Port. So, I don't see what the problem is there. Well, so that's giving the money away, right? I'm going to make these taxpayers give the money to these uh, uh, union members so that they can pay their union dues for free. Right. Why, why do you hate union workers? I love union workers. <laughs> and if you want to join a voluntary membership organization, yeah. then, you know, just like I belong to, a, you know, a, a, a bowling league or something, right? I, I pay the money in, right? It's, it's you know funny. I'm trolling you. I know you are. Because, but... because it, it's insane uh, just right there. What it is, it's pandering for votes. That's what it is. You're renting, not even buying votes, you're renting votes. But how many Delawareans uh, really want to pay your union dues for you? Because that's what this is. Right? I know. I, I feel like I should join a union. You should. I know. I, I think we should form one, and then we could uh, all get a tax credit. Here's the problem. And we have really high dues. I, I've actually done a lot of work. Uh, I think it's up to $500. I, I've done, like, you know, like, like they're doing trades. I really have no skills. <laughs> I can't square a door. Painting. I'm a good painter, but the only reason I'm a good painter is because starting out when I was in junior high school and on, I was the only guy on the job not stoned or drunk. <laughs> Now, other than that, <laughs> now, well, yeah, look, the so paint, you're snorting the 
turpentine instead. Yeah, I know, right? Well, the commercial painting industry has a rep. And not to say that you listing are doing that, but if you work in the biz, you know it's got a rep. Yeah, I mean, that, again, you're, uh, you're renting votes, and you make sure those people know that you're going to get everybody else to pay your dues. Sure. Yeah. 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 That's great. And no, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, why do, why do you not like this, Rick? Why don't, you, why don't you want to pay for somebody else's union dues? As long as they're going to pay for my meals. <laughs> but anyway, back to the governor and his, uh, his, his fiscal situation. Yeah. Um, so, you, and you talked about Matt Meyer, uh, who, who it's rumored widely that uh, is interested in, in perhaps running for governor. And congratulations uh, on your new wedding. <laughs> yeah. Which you so, kept very um, quiet. My... Uh, uh, my analysis of, of uh, Newcastle County's uh, GDP, uh, you know, gross domestic product, from 2000 to 2020 is in real terms, the real GDP, so taking out inflation, is, right. uh, is 3% smaller. So uh, Newcastle County's economy is 3% smaller today than in, in the year 2000. Kind of like real, um, real uh, unemployment. Sadly, there are actually many more people unemployed right Absolutely. now than but, but, you know, being reported. Inflation hides, right? They say, oh, look, our economic growth was 2% last year. Yeah. yeah, but if inflation was 5%, yeah. you're actually 3% smaller than you were the year before. And, and in Newcastle County, our economy is smaller. And, and so Matt Meyer wants to run, become governor. And it might actually fit because since uh, since John Carney took office, the state's economy is 8.7 percent smaller. That's the whole state. Right. So he's just he, he's better than John. He only lost three percent, where John lost almost nine percent. And, and when you figure this out, you you, re, you realize things really are even worse than that because when we say now, hey, inflation's only at five uh, percent. That's great. What's that year to year? What was it last year in June? Nine percent. What was it in July? Like eight percent. So we're only up 5% from June or July of last year, and that was already up 8 or 9%, depending upon the month from the year before. Good Lord, man. Yeah. It's, uh, it, it, and, and I wonder how people do this. You know, 40% of all Gen Zs, 40% nationwide of all Gen Zs have an extra job. They got a side hustle, something like that, 40%. 70% of, of uh, all Americans uh, in this country have done something to get extra money on the side throughout the past year. And that's where we are right now. Absolutely. No, yeah. I mean, and, and, and that is what happens when you overregulate an economy, when you take all the money out of the economy and put it in the hands of bureaucrats and, and you know, elected individuals who don't really know what's going on within the economy itself. I mean, ev there, there are thousands of small businesses across the state. There, there are 25,000-plus businesses with five or fewer employees. Mm -hmm. so these are very small businesses, people that are working hard from 4 a.m. to 11 p.m., uh, to, to put money on the table for their family. All and, right. and, and, and those people are spending money, and they ought to keep more of their money so that they can grow those businesses. I got about 45 uh, seconds here. I, I agree. And while you have a striking resemblance to a man whom I interviewed many times and, and admire greatly, you know, Pete DuPont, uh, what, what would you do? What would I do? Uh, first of all, I think that uh, for every regulation we want to introduce in the state, we should eliminate two, three, four, maybe even five. We've got 30,000-plus uh, uh, DENREC regu regulations, that, and most of them are not related to health and safety. Uh, similar to that, I would, uh, I would start uh, working away taxes, lowering them. The last thing I would do is I would uh, reduce the size of the number of employees within the government by 5% uh, over the next two years through attrition. There are empty spots today. Just don't fill them, right? And, and I'd probably invest in technology to replace some of those jobs with, uh, with technology, which is what businesses do every day, every year. CaesarRodney.org, CaesarRodney.org. Uh, if you're in public school, it's C-A-E-S. Oh, that's, that's, well, terrible. Thanks, Charlie. Good to see you, buddy. Thanks, Rick. Appreciate it.